Hey, what's good, y'all? It's C. Will, and this is the Passive Income Network. On this podcast, we talk about creating assets that produce passive income. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to this channel, and leave a comment and say what's good. On this podcast, we have a special episode, a special guest, Heather Dreves. So, Heather uh, with us today is the Director of Funding at Secured Investment Corp and a fund manager with one of the fastest growing companies in the private money marketplace in the U.S., focusing on residential real estate investments. So, let's bring Heather in. Hey, Heather, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. It's a, it's a blessed day, and I'm always excited to talk to an entrepreneur fund manager. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here. Most definitely. All right. So as we begin, uh, can you just let the audience know who you are, like mm-hmm. what's your position and where you at, I guess, geographically in the world? Yeah. So like you said, my name's Heather Dreves. Um, I'm with a company called Secured Investment Corp. And we're actually based out of Idaho. So we are at the top of Idaho, northern Idaho, but we're right next to the state of Washington. So any basketball fans, we're next to Spokane, go Zags. Uh, And uh, I mean, that's kind of I, I tell people that and they're like, are you a basketball fan? I'm like, well, you have to be a Zag fan when you live here, but everybody knows who they are. So easy to, to correlate it. So yeah, we're a company based out of Northern Idaho, but we are a nationwide lender and we work with clients all over the United States and actually even outside of the United States. So um, people are a little surprised when we tell them where we're located. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Whoa, Idaho. I wouldn't ex- you know expect a global real estate company to be out in Idaho. Either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. Well, congrats on y'all. What you're doing? Um, Thank you. Yeah. So let, let's dive in on you. I'm re- I'm very interested because I'm always thinking about how did people get in their positions, right? Mm-hmm. So can you break down like some of the key things, like what are some degrees or certificates, some universities? Yep. What are some of yep. these experiences that led you to be in this fund management position? Well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, unlike a lot of people that that go to college and typically don't end up in the career path that they originally thought they were. Uh, I actually went to to college to be a teacher, (laughs) of all things, um, at, you know, a state college in Washington, Eastern Washington University, and quickly realized that there was a lot more, and my hat's off to teachers. I have educators in my family, and they are a blessing from above. I don't know how they do it, especially in the world that we live in now, but um, quickly realized that that wasn't necessarily my path. I had a a knack for sales. Um, And so really kind of, I didn't get right into real estate right away. My parents, you know, had invested in real estate. So I saw growing up the opportunity and the, the way that they were creating wealth for themselves and, and us as a family through the purchase of real estate, Um, but never really had put it in action in in what I was doing. Um, My husband and I have two boys, uh, 24 and 22. And when we decided to have children, we decided that I was going to stay home with them for a while till they were in school. And once our youngest son hit kindergarten, I was like, okay, I'm ready for the adult world again. And I I had a friend that funny enough, I used to sell furniture with him years ago. (laughs) And he worked for a private money lender. 
And so we had reconnected and he's like, you know, you should really come on board here. There's so much opportunity. And I didn't even know what a private lender was at the time. This is over 25 years ago. And so um, went to work for them and my eyes were open. Like I, like most people, I thought when you wanted to buy a piece of real estate, you went to a traditional bank and you got financing for it. And I thought that when you wanted to invest money, you went to your financial advisor. Like that's how I was brought up. And it was like, it, it was amazing. I just, I didn't know this world was out there. So I, I started working with clients that were buying real estate, fixing and flipping, and they were getting funding for that and not having to jump through all the hoops that a bank requires you to. And then I really started, my, my niche became working with our investors. So people with money that were looking to invest outside of your more traditional sources like the stock market, yep. they like real estate as an asset, but they were investing in what we call notes. They were buying notes from me. Um, so essentially, they're buying a lien against a property. They made money every month when this borrower made their payments. We were sending the payments to them. And so I just, you know, and I'm not here to say, hey, pull your money out of the stock market, leave your financial advisor. That's not me. <laughs> I'm not the anti-financial advisor, but I am here to say that there's opportunity to diversify in your portfolio and in a real estate backed fashion without actually owning real estate. You don't have to go deal with tenants and toilets and rehabbing a house. You know, there, there's other opportunities out there. So um, really just my path started there and then started investing in real estate myself. My husband and I have fixed and flipped properties. We own rentals in our portfolio. And just, I've seen these clients of mine over the last 25 years create this wealth. And I'm like, I want that. I want in on that. Oh, so, sure. um, yeah. And just really have a passion for helping people, you know, create financial freedom for themselves outside of their day jobs. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, so like on this channel, definitely, as I was saying before, offline is financial literacy. So I'm loving that portion and you're living what you're walking. Right. Mm -hmm. um, a few things I want to rewind back to to make sure that it's clear for myself and my audience as I'm more of a financial yeah. literacy crypto stock guy. Um, and I do talk about fractionalized and tokenized real estate. It's a little different. So can you break down what the uh, lien is or like the, that you said, debt yeah. in uh, the notes? Yeah. So we essentially offer two options to invest money and some clients do both. Some are very specific. You can either purchase notes from us. So we take our money in our funds. We raise money in our funds. So that's an opportunity for our really passive clients that aren't as risk adverse, really just want to set it and forget it. They can invest in our fund. We lend that money out of our fund to other real estate investors nationwide. So C may be going out, buying a house, he's going to fix and flip and he needs funding for that. He needs money to buy it. He needs money to rehab it. We'll lend you money to go add value to that property. On the backside of it, I've got clients that are like, hey, I'll buy that lien against that property. I get paid every month when C. Will makes his payments. And then when C. Will sells that property, I get all my principal back. Average rates of return on that are probably 8 to 11%. Um, and then, yeah, it's, and it's a first lien against a property. So if C. Will doesn't make his payments, you're taking a property back with 30% equity in it. So that's, you know, that's the risk is you might have to take it back, but the security is that there's tons of equity. So we don't lend 
100% of the value. If that house is worth 100,000, we're going to lend up to 70. 70 so that's 70%. that's the attractive thing to people that buy liens. One is the cash flow, you know, they know that when borrowers make their payments, they're getting paid. Um, and two is the security. You know, you're you're lending money, you're essentially the bank. Okay. You're buying a lien, now you're the bank. So okay. So basically y'all are doing the hard money lending basically, yep. which is more of a short term borrowing type of horizon, not like residentials. Well, so we only lend against residential properties, but they can't be owner occupied. So you can't live in it. It has to be for investment purposes, but they are short term, twelve months. They're very short term loans, typically a year term, no longer than two years. So, so yeah, that's another fix like yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, for my clients that are like telling me, Hey, I, I like the idea of cash flow, but I don't really want to run the risk that I have to foreclose on this person, mm -hmm. go through that process, which could take six to 12 months. The fund is a nice option because when they're in the fund, the fund makes money the same way. The fund makes money off borrowers making their payments. Okay. Um, and, but it's a passive environment, right? We're managing it. They don't, they're hands off and the returns are the same. They're eight to 11%. The other option with the fund, which is really nice is a lot of our clients use self-directed IRA accounts. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but yeah, I am like, so, you know, you're setting up your in, individual retirement account with yep. say, TD Ameritrade. So you can then use that to invest in these funds. Yes. And by notes. Yeah. And the really, I'm interested. <laughs> well, the really cool thing with that is if you're invested in the fund, when you get your earnings paid out, so our funds pay all profit out every quarter, quarter. you could say, Hey, I don't need cash flow. I'm more growth minded. I, you know, I want to grow this account as big as I can and as fast. You can actually reinvest your earnings. So now you're compounding your earnings. Mm -hmm. So there's options for both. If you're a client looking for more cash flow strategies where you're, you know, maybe you're retired and you want to replace your income and you don't want to dip into your nest egg, you want that money working for you, set it up in a cash flow investment. You get payouts, you know, consistently that replaces your income from maybe when you retired or sold a business. Or if you're, you know, in a position where you don't really need the cash flow, you just want to grow those accounts, set it in growth mode and just reinvest that earnings. Uh, and then, you know, essentially you're, you're getting a little bit higher yield because you're compounding that. No, that's, that's great. And I definitely agree with the cash flow is king. Uh, the dollar is still number one. And you got to be able to produce income passively for sure. Right. So I think that's great information. Can, can we jump over to, you know, talking about the state of the market now? And yeah. that, how is that like, you know, affect the investors are y'all dealing with? We know uh, if you bought a house a few years ago, you definitely went up in equity. So what about the people right now? Yeah, so it's a you know the space that we play in is is pretty protected in my opinion. One is we only lend money and we only buy real estate in the affordable housing market space. So and 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 we specifically do that so that in the event that markets shift, like right now, you know, markets are softening. I don't think we're going to see what we saw in two thousand and eight, but I do think it's going to level off. Um, but the reason that we stay in that affordable housing market space is you have a lot more buyers, right? You start getting into high end jumbo loans and the ability to buy those types of properties is very limited. Your database of buyers is just much smaller. Mm -hmm. The other thing with the affordable housing market space, if I go buy a piece of real estate and my intentions to flip it, 
and six months down the road, that market has shifted. I could always go rent it and cash flow it and ride the market out. You know, when you're in high end homes, it's hard to cash flow those and service your debt. So um, we stay specifically in the residential up to four units. So we'll, we'll buy or lend uh, up to a duplex, but it has to be affordable housing. And, you know, we also do it because it makes us feel good about cleaning up neighborhoods, creating home ownership for people that maybe couldn't have bought a house, you know, because they're so out, uh, outpriced out of the market. Yeah. So, um, it, it, you know, to your original question, you know, what do we feel about the market? It's shifting. I think interest rates going up has um, slowed down. The, you know, you're not seeing people, multiple people bidding on the same house. Yeah. Um, but again, because we've always just stayed that path, we haven't been affected by it. And honestly, we see a lot of opportunity. One, there's opportunity for rentals. The rental market is hot right now. And two, you're going to start to see a lot more houses come out for sale that maybe were in pre-foreclosure through COVID. People haven't been making their payments for three years. You're going to start to see that inventory coming out. And as a real estate investor, even though we're a fund, we're still a real estate investor. The best position to be in is to have cash to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when when things like this occur. So we feel pretty bullish on the market. If I was in the high-end multi-million dollar homes, I probably wouldn't feel this way. Um, but we feel like we're well positioned to ride out, you know, those. But I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, like no one truly does know. Uh, conditions do look similar to the 28, but, you know, a little bit different with the COVID and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely getting interesting. Um, well, and I don't think lenders are lending, you know, we weren't lending 120% of the value either, like they were in 2008, you know, they were that was real scammy back then. Oh, super. Yeah. So, you know, and, and we don't lend more than 70% of the value. So even if markets shift, they'd have to drop 30% for us to get real nervous about that. So I think, you know, taking what you've learned from experiences like 2008 and, yeah. and there's three of us fund managers and we were all in this when that happened. Um, you only make those mistakes typically once and you learn from them, but yeah. Okay. No, another question for, for Heather, uh, what, what do you study to keep yourself in tune with the market or what, re, you know, what kind of information is yourself or your company looking for? To oh gosh. point. So we, it's interesting. We have about a hundred employees at our corporate office. Um, we do a book of the month club that all the employees are assigned. We actually pay our employees $120 to read the book and do a six take notes <laughs> yeah, to, and to write a, a book report, basically a six paragraph book report. So a lot of those are books that are going to, um, you know, uh, improve our employees' lives, you know, whether that's financially or as a leader, or, you know, there, there's always intention behind that. Um, we read, pre and I read pretty regularly, the Kiplinger report. It's a market report. You know, I follow MSN, money, you know, all of that. Um, and, and look at the real estate markets, you know, it's not it's not hard to figure out. I mean, you have to do decipher between some of the stuff that you hear on the news and whether that's yeah. actually real or not. Um, but you can tell, you know, when you're lending and your borrowers are coming back after six months saying, I couldn't sell this, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, we look at how can we, how can we assist them better? So right now we just created a rental loan program. So 
our clients that were originally going to fix and flip properties, we now have a 30-year loan product that we can refinance them in because some of them have changed their exit strategy. So we well, really became the bank in this situation. Yeah. Yep. So being in tune with our clients, whether it's our passive people that are just investing capital, we just created a, a model around um, a structure that some of our clients were looking for that didn't really want cash flow. Yep. They wanted something longer term. They're a little bit higher net worth individuals. So yep. I'd say just being in tune with your clients and knowing, hey, what are they looking for? How can we better assist them to accomplish their goals? Because when they're successful, we're successful too. Nice. Oh, makes a lot of sense. Okay, I, uh, can you can we give a little advice now to to the future Heather's out there? Um, <laughs> yeah, because you know it's uh, I always like to ask these questions with my guests. Like, how does one go from zero to your position? Like, if they want to get into real estate that are watching the show and they're inspired, like to get well. One, I would say never stop learning. You can, you know, surround yourself by people that are smarter than you. And and if you find that you're the smartest one in the room, find a new uh, group circle of influence yep. and take risks. I mean, that's one of the biggest thing with real estates. You, you know, people, they get the knowledge, they know what they need to do, and they just won't pull the trigger. It's like, if it's not making you feel uncomfortable, you're not taking enough risk. And you have to. I mean, you're going to have a lot of wins and you're going to have some losses. And you have to look at your overall portfolio. You can't get so hung up on one project. But mm -hmm. if you don't take the risk, if you don't write the offer on the property, you'll never know if you can be successful as a real estate investor. Um, and, and find a mentor, you know. Find someone that can mentor you that, you know, learn from somebody else's mistakes. We tell people that all the time, learn from someone else's mistakes. And, you know, that may be us here at Secured Investment Corp, or if you know somebody locally, um, but you gotta, you gotta take some risk. There's not high, high rewards without some risk involved. Facts. Agreed. Okay. So you brought up another good point. Can you give, I guess, your biggest lessons or wins that you have and some of your biggest losses or one of each, your biggest win, biggest loss okay. of real estate yeah. for educational purposes. So I can tell you our biggest loss, my husband and I decided when we got into real estate, we were going to fix and flip. Um, I think I had watched way too much HGTV. I thought it was going to be real glant. I said, I thought we were supposed to be like Chip and Joanna and it was nothing like that. Um, and the mistake we made is we tried to do everything ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, figure out your value of time. You know, it is not the best use of my time to be laying tile and painting when I can hire that out. I could get that property done in a fraction of the time than me doing it on the weekends and dragging it out for 10 months. That was the biggest mistake we made on that. We, our first deal, we broke, barely broke even on, and it took us mm -hmm. about 11 months. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But I look at what we learned, right? Like we would have never known that if we hadn't experienced that. So yeah, I could um, imagine laying tiles. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I painted the whole, yeah, it was ugly. And I'm pretty sure we almost got divorced through the process. Take <laughs> <laughs> notes, y'all. That, don't do that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, and probably our biggest wins is some of the rentals we've bought. You know, um, we bought a house that is in our town that our company's located in. Okay. And it was about, I guess we've had it four years. Our son went to college here and, and I, it just pained me to pay for an apartment. I was like, I'm not paying for an apartment. So we bought this house. And at the time I thought, oh my God, we're overpaying for this. It was $200,000. That was four years ago. That house is worth four fifty now, and we haven't done a thing to it. 
now that's a good one right there. I said I wish I would have bought five of those, but at the time, you know. You know, we're in a very lake resorty town, sure. not really having that crystal ball and foreseeing the future. Um, and I wish I would have bought more of them. Um, but that's probably one of our biggest wins. And and again, just pulling the trigger and doing it. It's scary. Like buying a piece of in, an investment property is very scary. But when you see the rewards, I mean, we've doubled our money in less than four years. Like That's amazing. Kudos yeah. to y'all. Yeah. You know, it is one of those things where when you do get a good opportunity like that, you win and you're like, damn, I should have got more. <laughs> it's always like that. Then the loss is like, oh no, like. No, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> wow. So um, thank you for those insights. A few more things. Do you guys deal with real estate REITs or is that kind of like outside of y'all realm? of? So our funds are really similar to a REIT. Um, the difference is, is we are a privately managed real estate fund and a REIT is a publicly traded real estate trust. Our funds, as far as the structure goes, are very similar. Mm. Um, it's just not publicly traded. We we manage it internally. It's a it's called it's what's called a five hundred six C fund and a regulation A plus fund. The really cool thing about we have two funds. Um, one is for high net worth accredited investors, but the other one has a thousand dollar minimum and anybody can invest in it, which is not common. When you start looking at real estate funds, that is not common. Um, it took us over a year to get approved for that. Um, and we're pretty proud of that. We, we opened that up about three and a half years ago. And because we, we feel like everybody should have the opportunity to financial freedom. It shouldn't just be yes. available to high net worth uh, individuals. And so we spent a lot of money opening that fund. So we actually have this real estate fund modeled just like our high net worth fund, but it has a thousand dollar minimum and you do not have to be an accredited investor to go into it. Um, average yields seven to 10% all backed by real estate. Yeah. The affordable housing real estate too. Yeah. Um, yep. That got me thinking. Yeah. Cause I only heard of one other fund that is that, you know, kind of put that down. That's uh, Grant Cardone, if you don't know who that is. Yeah. Oh, I know who he is. Yeah. Very, very similar structure to ours. Okay. Yeah. Because that was the only other thing. Because, um, you know, that's like I mentioned tokenized and fractionalized. And that's something that I push through crypto with people. Because for that same reason you said, it's most people that I do know that I talk to cannot afford or they're not accredited investors. So that $1,000 mm -hmm. price much more reasonable. What's the like vesting or lockup schedule for that? So that's a good question. So it's a 12 month lockup. They have to stay in for just a year. And you know, what I found is a lot of the clients that invest in that fund are people that have small IRAs or a old 401k that they left at a previous employer. And they're like, I don't even know what's going on with that account. There's ways that they can roll those accounts over and start investing in something like our fund. So they're perfect for small balances. But I've got, I mean, I have accredited investors in that fund that don't want to prove that they're accredited. So it's not to say, I don't like to call it the non-accredited investor fund. It's just open to everybody. Yeah, and it's for, fund, people, yeah. Yeah, it's pe for people with mattress money. Hey, I've got five grand. I, I saved up. I don't have enough to go in Grant Cardone's fund. I'm not accredited, you know, because a lot of those funds have a really high minimum. 50000 
is small in the grand scheme of real estate funds. Usually it's like a hundred. Um, and so we find we get a lot of, of clients coming to us because of the small minimum. And then they can add more. It's not to say that they can't put more in it, um, but that's a way to you know grow those types of accounts. And as you say, it's quarterly payouts as well. So that fund pays out monthly, um, which is really cool for, for our people. Better. Yeah, for our people that like cash flow, they love it. Um, but also our people that want to just reinvest and just roll it, they like that too because they can see the profit every month. It rolls back into their account and now it's compounding. So it does pay out monthly. Nice. Oh, excellent. Um, so for the audience, make sure y'all tap in and check this out. Um, before we go, could you tell them where to find you and or yeah. your company so I can put those links also? Absolutely. Okay. So they can always find us at Secured Investment. No S on the end of investment. Secured, secured Investment no. Corp. And once they go there, they can schedule an appointment with myself and my team. There's three of us in my office. We'd love to have a consultation. If, you know, like I tell people, if you don't know about self-directed IRAs, give us a call. We're not a custodian, but I can point you in the right direction, at least educate you about those types of accounts. And if they're looking to deploy small dollars, or maybe they're just not accredited, the real estate fund, which we call fund three is a perfect option. If they're a little more hands-on and risk adverse, the notes might be a nice option too. It just really kind of depends. We'll talk with the client, you know, and, and try to determine what they're trying to accomplish. And I tell people before you schedule a call, or at least before you get on the call, think about those things. Like, what am I trying to accomplish? How risk adverse am I? What kind of monies do I have to invest and how much? And then we can help better advise them and kind of point them in the right direction. Excellent. Thank you. Really clear. And I like what you're saying. Thank um, so you. Definitely tap in. Uh, yeah. Cause uh, on this channel, as I before, it's a network as well. So I like to bring professionals on so they can speak their piece, educate the audience, and then let them go on their path of wherever they like to go. Yeah, absolutely. Thank it's you, a Heather. good opportunity to diversify with some real estate assets. Yes, I, I definitely uh, believe real estate at minimum should be your base foundation. Like even, you know, I, I don't own a home now. We're working on that. But I definitely buy REITs. I buy tokenized. I buy I make oh, nice. Sure real estate up in my portfolio for sure. So great. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. Uh, let's definitely stay in contact and then I'll slide you out and get my outro. All right. Thanks for having me. For sure. All right, y'all. Um, very good uh, show. Thank you, Heather. Again, um, definitely bullish on real estate because I love the cash flow and always remember get educated. So that's why we bring these guests on the show. As Heather said, if you want to contact her, go to the website. All the, the links in the, in the description will be there. And as per usual, the show premieres on YouTube first, and then it will be on Apple, Spotify, and the rest of the streaming sites about three weeks later. Again, I appreciate y'all for tapping in. Leave a comment below. And until the next one, y'all, see you will with the Passive Income Network. I am gone. Passive income, passive income, passive income. Gold in my dental, thank God for my mental. Investor fundamentals told my girl it was simple. We getting all this money to purchase rentals and get passive income, passive income, passive income. Gold in my dental, thank God for my mental. Investor fundamentals told my girl it was simple. We getting all this money to purchase rentals and get.